Act Two. What, Lucius? How? I cannot, by progress of the stars, give guess how near today. Lucius, I say. I wish it were my fault to sleep so soundly. When, Lucius? When? Awake, I say. What, Lucius? Called you, my lord? Get me a taper in my study, Lucius. When it is lighted, come and call me here. I will, my lord. It must be by his death. And for my part, I know no personal cause to spurn at him. But for the general. He would be crowned. Now that might change his nature, there's the question. It is the bright day that brings forth the adder and craves weary walking. Crown him? That? And then I grant we put a sting in him, that at his will he may do danger with. The abuse of greatness is when it disjoins remorse from power. And to speak truth of Caesar, I have not known when his affection swayed more than his reason. But, tis a common proof that lowliness is young ambition's ladder, whereto the climber upward turns his face. But when he once attains the utmost round, he then unto the ladder turns his back, looks into the clouds, scorning the base degrees by which he did ascend. So Caesar may, then lest he may, prevent. And since the quarrel will bear no color for the thing he is, fashion it thus, that what he is, augmented, would run to these and these extremities. And therefore think him as a serpent's egg, which, hatched, would, as his kind, grow mischievous, and kill him in the shell. The taper burneth in your closet, sir. Searching the window for a flint, I found this paper, thus sealed up, and I am sure it did not lie there when I went to bed. Get you to bed again, it is not day. Is not tomorrow, boy, the Ides of March? I know not, sir. Look in the calendar, and bring me word. I will, sir. The exaltations whizzing in the air give so much light that I may read by them. Brutus thou sleepest, awake and see thyself, Shalom, etc., etc., etc. Speak, strike, redress. Brutus, thou sleepest, awake. Such instigations have been often dropped where I have took them up. Shall Rome and Sidera? Uh, thus must I piece it out. Shall Rome stand under one man's awe? What? Rome? My ancestors did from the streets of Rome the Tarquin drive, and he was called a king. Speak, strike, redress. Am I entreated to speak and strike? O Rome, I make thee a promise. If the redress will follow, thou receivest thy full petition of it at the hand of Brutus. Sir, a march is wasted fourteen days. Tis good. Uh, go to the gate. Somebody knocks. <sighs> 
Since Cassius first did wet me against Caesar, I have not slept. Between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion, all the interim is like a phantasma or a hideous dream. The genius and mortal instruments are then in council, and the state of man, like to a little kingdom, suffers then the nature of an insurrection. Sir, tis your sister, Cassius, at the door, who doth desire to see you. Is she alone? No, sir. There are more with her. Do you know them? No, sir. Their hats are plucked about their ears, and half their faces buried in their cloaks, that by no means I may discover them by any mark of favor. Let him enter. They are the faction. No conspiracy. Shamest thou to show thy dangerous brow by night when evils are most free? Oh, then by day, where wilt thou find a cavern dark enough to mask thy monstrous visage? Seek none, conspiracy. Hide it in smiles and affability. For if thou path thy native semblance on, not Erebus itself were dim enough to hide thee from prevention. I think we are too bold upon your rest. Good morrow, Brutus. Do we trouble you? I've been up this hour, uh, wake all night. Know I these men that come along with you? Yes, every man of them. And no man here but honors you. And every one doth wish you had but that opinion of yourself which every noble Roman bears of you. This is Trebonius. He is welcome hither. This, Decius Brutus. He is welcome too. This, Casca, this, Cinna, and this, Metella Simber. They are all welcome. What watchful cares do interpose themselves betwixt your eyes and night? Shall I, uh, entreat a word? Here lies the east. Doth not the day break here? No. Oh, pardon, sir, it doth. And yon gray lines that fret the clouds are messengers of day. You shall confess that you are both deceived. Here, as I point my sword, the sun arises, which is a great way growing on the south, weighing the youthful season of the year. Some two months hence, up higher toward the north, he first presents his fire, and the high east stands, as the capital, directly here. Let us swear our resolution. No. Not an oath. If not the face of men, the sufferance of our souls, the time's abuse, if these be motives weak, break off betimes every man hints to his idle bed. So let high-sided tyranny range on till each man drop by lottery. But if these, as I am sure they do, bear fire enough to kindle cowards and to steal with valor the melting spirits of women, then countrymen, what need we any spur but our own cause to prick us to redress? What other bond than secret Romans that have spoke the word and will not palter? Or what other oath than honesty to honesty engaged that this shall be, or we will fall for it? Swear, priests and cowards and men countless, old feeble carrions and such suffering souls that welcome wrongs. On two bad causes swear such creatures as men doubt. But do not stain the even virtue of our enterprise, nor the insubressive metal of our spirits, to think that our cause 
or our performance did need an oath. When every drop of blood that every Roman bears and nobly bears is guilty of several bastardy, if he do break the smallest particle of any promise that hath passed from him. But what of Cicero? Shall we sound him? I think he will stand very strong with us. Let us not leave him out. No, by no means. Oh, let us have him, for his silver hairs will purchase us a good opinion, and buy men's voices to commend our deeds. It shall be said, his judgment ruled our hands. Our youths and wildness shall no whit appear, but all be buried in his gravity. Oh, name him not. Let us not break with him, for he will never follow anything that other men begin. Then leave him out. Indeed, he is not fit. Shall no man else be touched but only Caesar? Hmm, Decius, well urged. I think it is not meet Antonia, so well beloved of Caesar, should outlive Caesar. We shall find of her a shrewd contriver, and you know her means, if she improve them, may well stretch so far as to annoy us all. Which to prevent, let Antonia and Caesar fall together. Our course will seem too bloody, Caius Cassius, to cut the head off and then hack the limbs, like wrath and death and envy afterwards. For Antony is but a limb of Caesar. Let us be sacrificers, but not butchers, Caius. We all stand up against the spirit of Caesar, and in the spirit of men there is no blood. Oh, that we then could come by Caesar's spirit and not dismember Caesar. But alas, Caesar must bleed for it. And gentle friends, let's kill him boldly, but not wrathfully. Let us carve him as a dish fit for the gods, not hew him as a carcass fit for the hounds. And let our hearts, as subtle masters do, stir up their servants into an act of rage, and after seem to chide them. This shall make our purpose necessary, and not envious, which, so appearing to the common eyes, we shall be called perjurers, not murderers. And for Antonia, think not of her, for she can do no more than Caesar's arm when Caesar's head is off. Yet I fear her. For in the ingrafted love she bears to Caesar... Alas, good Cassius, do not think of her. If she loves Caesar, all that she can do is to herself. Take thought and die for Caesar. And that were much she should, for she is given to sports, to wildness, and much company. <laughs> there is no fear in her. Let her not die, for she will live and laugh at this hereafter. Peace. Count the clock. The clock has stricken three. Tis time to part. But it is doubtful yet whether Caesar will come forth today or no. For he is superstitious grown of late, quite from the main opinion he held once of fantasy, of dreams and ceremonies. It may be these apparent prodigies, the unaccustomed terror of this night, and the persuasion of his augurers may hold him from the capital today. Never fear that. If he be so resolved, I can horsesway him. For he loves to hear that unicorns may be betrayed with trees, and bears with glasses, elephants with holes, lions with toils, and men with flatterers. But when I tell him he hates flatterers, he says he does, being then most flattered. Let me work, for I can give his humor the true bent and I will bring him to the capital. Nay, we will all of us be there to fetch him, 
By the eighth hour, is that the uttermost? Be that the uttermost, and fail not then. Caius Ligarius doth bear Caesar hard, who rated him for speaking well of Pompey. I wonder none of you have thought of him. Now, good Metella, go along by him. He loves you well, and I have given him reasons. Send him but hither, and I'll fashion him. The morning comes upon us. We'll leave you, Brutus. And friends, disperse yourselves, but all remember what you have said, and show yourselves true Romans. Good gentlemen, look fresh and merry. Let not our looks put on our purposes, but veritas our Roman actors do, with untired spirits and formal consistency. And so, good morning to you, everyone. Boy, Lucius, has to sleep? It is no matter. Enjoy the honey-heavy dew of slumber, though hast no figures nor no fantasies, which busy care draws in the brains of men. Therefore, thou sleepest so sound. Brutus, my lord? Portia, what mean you? Wherefore rise you now? It is not for your health thus to commit your weak condition to the rock old morning. Nor for yours neither. You have ungently, Brutus, stole from my bed, and yesternight at supper you suddenly arose and walked about, musing and sighing with your arms across, and when I asked you what the matter was, you stared upon me with ungentle looks. I urged you further. Then you scratched your head, and too impatiently stamped with your foot. Yet I insisted... Yet you answered not, but with an angry wafture of your hand gave sign for me to leave you. So I did, fearing to strengthen that impatience which seemed too much enkindled, and withal hoping it was but an effective humor, which sometime hath his hour with every man. It will not let you eat, nor talk, nor sleep, and could it work so much upon your shape as it hath much prevailed on your condition— I should not know you, Brutus. Dear my lord, make me acquainted with your cause of grief. I am not well in health, and that is all. Brutus is wise, and were he not in health, he would embrace the means to come by it. Why, so I do. Good Portia, go to bed. Is Brutus sick? And is it physical to walk unbraced and suck up the humors of the dank morning? Is Brutus sick? And will he steal out of his wholesome bed to dare the vile contagion of the night and tempt the roomy and unperjured air to add unto his sickness? No, my Brutus. You have some sick offense within your mind, which by the right and virtue of my place I ought to know of, and upon my knees I charm you by my once committed beauty. By all your vows of love, and that great vow which did incorporate and make us one, that you unfold to me, yourself, your half, why you are heavy, and what men tonight have had to resort to you, for here have been some six or seven who did hide their faces even from darkness. Kneel not, gentle Portia. I should not need, if you were gentle, Brutus. Within the bond of marriage, tell me, Brutus, is it not accepted 
that I should know no secrets that appertain to you. Am I yourself, but, as it were, in sort or limitation, to keep with you at meals, comfort your bed, and talk to you sometimes? Dwell I but in the suburbs of your good pleasure? If it be no more, Portia is Brutus Hollett, not his wife. You are my true and honorable wife. As dear to me as are the ruddy drops that visit my sad heart. If this were true, then I should know the secret. I grant I am a woman, but with all a woman that Lord Brutus took to wife. I grant I am a woman, but with all a woman well reputed, Cato's daughter. Think you I am no stronger than my sex, being so fathered and so husbanded. Tell me your counsels. I will not disclose him. I have made strong proof of my constancy, giving myself a voluntary wound here in the thigh. Can I bear that with patience? Not my husband's secrets? Oh, ye gods. Render me worthy of this noble wife. Hark, hark, one knocks, Portia, go in a while, and by and by thy bosom shall partake the secrets of my heart. All my engagements I will construe to thee, all the character of my sad brows. Leave me with haste. Lucius, who's that knocks? He is a sick man that would speak with you. Caius Ligarius, that Metellus makeup. Boy, stand aside. Caius Lucarius, how? Out safe good morrow from a feeble tongue. Oh, what a time have you chose out, brave Caius, to wear a kerchief. Would you were not sick? I am not sick. If Brutus have in hand any exploit worthy the name of honor. Such an exploit have I in hand, Lucarius. Had you a healthful ear to hear of it? By all the gods that Romans bow before, I hear discard my sickness. Soul of Rome, brave son derived from honorable loins, thou like an exorcist hast conjured up my mortified spirit. Now bid me run, and I will strive with things impossible. Yea, get the better of them. What's to do? A piece of work that'll make sick men whole. But are not some whole that we must make sick? That must be also. What it is, my Caius, I shall unfold to thee as we are going to whom it must be done. Set on your foot, and with a heart new-fired I follow you to do I know not what. But it sufficeth that Brutus leads me on. Follow me, then. have been at peace tonight. Thrice hath Calpurnia in her sleep cried out, Help! Oh! They murder Caesar! 
Who's within? My lord? Go bid the priests to present sacrifice. And bring me their opinions of success. I will, my lord. What mean you, Caesar? Think you to walk forth? You shall not stir out of your house today. Caesar shall forth. The things that threaten me ne'er looked but on my back. When they shall see the face of Caesar, they are vanished. Caesar, I never stood on ceremonies. Yet now they fright me. There is one within besides the things that we have heard and seen, recounts most horrid sights seen by the watch. A lioness hath whelped in the streets, and graves have yawned and yielded up their dead. Fierce, fiery warriors fought upon the clouds in ranks and squadrons in right form of war, which drizzled blood upon the capital. The noise of battle hurtled in the air. Horses did neigh, and dying men did groan, and ghosts did shriek and squeal about the streets. Oh, Caesar! These things are beyond all use, and I do fear them. What can be avoided whose end is purposed by the mighty gods? Yet Caesar shall go forth. For these predictions are to the world in general as to Caesar. When beggars die, there are no comets seen. The heavens themselves blaze forth the death of princes. Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste of death but once. Of all the wonders that I yet have heard, it seems to me most strange that men should fear, seeing that death, a necessary end, will come when it will come. Ah, what say the augurers? They would not have you stir forth today. Plucking the entrails of an offering forth, they could not find a heart within the beast. The gods do this in shame of cowardice. Caesar should be a beast without a heart, if he should stay at home today for fear. No, Caesar shall not. Danger knows full well that Caesar is more dangerous than he. We are two lions littered in one day, and I, the elder and more terrible. And Caesar shall go forth. Alas, my lord, your wisdom is consumed in confidence. Do not go forth today. Call it my fear that keeps you in this house, and not your own. We'll send Antonia to the Senate House, and she shall say that you are not well today. Let me upon my knee prevail in this. Hmm. Antonia shall say I am not well, and for thy humor, I will stay at home. Here's Decius Brutus. He shall tell them so. Caesar, all hail. Good morrow, worthy Caesar. I come to fetch you to the Senate House. Oh, and you are come in very happy time. Bear my greeting to the Senators, and tell them that I will not come today. Cannot is false, and that I dare not falser. I will not come today. Tell them so, Decius. Say he is sick. Shall Caesar send a lie? Have I, in conquest, stretched mine arms so far to be afraid to tell Greybeards the truth? Decius, 
Go tell them Caesar will not come. Most mighty Caesar. Let me know some cause, lest I be laughed at when I tell them so. The cause is in my will. I will not come. That is enough to satisfy the Senate. But for your private satisfaction, because I love you, I will let you know. Calpurnia here, my wife, stays me at home. She dreamt tonight. She saw my statue, which, like a fountain with a hundred spouts, did run pure blood. And many lusty Romans came smiling and did bathe their hands in it. And these does she apply for warnings and portents and evils imminent. And on her knee hath begged that I will stay at home today. This dream is all misinterpreted. It was a vision fair and fortunate. Your statue spouting blood in many pipes, in which so many smiling Romans bathed, signifies that from you great Rome shall suck reviving blood, and that great men shall press for tinctures, stains, relics, and cognizance. This, by Calpurnia's dream, is signified. <laughs> and this way have you well expounded it. I have, when you have heard what I can say, and know it now. The Senate have concluded to give this day a crown to mighty Caesar. If you shall send them word you will not come, their minds may change. Besides, it were a mock apt to be rendered for someone to say, Break up the Senate till another time, when Caesar's wife shall meet with better dreams. If Caesar hide himself, shall they not whisper, No, Caesar is afraid. Pardon me, Caesar, for my dear, dear love to our proceeding bids me tell you this, and reason to my love is liable. How, how foolish do your fears seem now, Calpurnia? I am ashamed I did yield to them. Give me my robe, for I will go. And look, where Publius has come to fetch me. Good morrow, Caesar. Welcome, Publius. What, Brutus, are you stirred so early too? Good morrow, Casca. Caius Ligarius. Caesar was ne'er so much your enemy as that same ague which hath made you lean. Caesar, tis struck an eight. I thank you for your pains and courtesy. See, Antony, that revels long a nights is notwithstanding up. Good morrow, Antony. So too, most noble Caesar. Bid them prepare within. I am to blame to be thus waited for. Now, Cinna, our Metellus, what, Trabonius, I have an hour's talk in store for you. Remember that you call on me today. Be near me. That I may remember you. Caesar, I will. And so near will I be that your best friend shall wish I had been further. Good friends, go in and taste some wine with me. And we, like friends, will straightway go together. That every like is not the same, O Caesar. The heart of Brutus yearns to think upon.
Caesar, beware of Brutus, take heed of Cassius, come not near Casca. Have an eye to Cinna, trust not Trebonius, mark well Metellus Cimber. Decius Brutus loves thee not, thou hast wronged Caius Ligarius. There is but one mind in all these men, and it is bent against Caesar. If thou beest not immortal, look about you, security gives way to conspiracy. The mighty gods defend thee, thy lover, Anamadorus. Here will I stand till Caesar pass along, and as a suitor will I give him this. My heart laments that virtue cannot live out the teeth of emulation. Thou read this, O Caesar, thou mayest live. If not, the fates with traitors do contrive. Thee, boy, run to the Senate house. Stay not to answer me, but get thee gone. Why dost thou stay? To know my errand, madam. I would have had thee there and here again ere I tell thee what thou shouldst do there. Oh, constancy be strong on my side. Such a huge mountain between my heart and tongue. I have a man's mind, but a woman's might. How hard is it for women to keep counsel? Art thou here yet? Madam, what should I do? Run to the capital and nothing else? And so return to you and nothing else? Yes, bring me word, boy. If thy lord look well, or he went sickly forth, and take good note what Caesar doth, what suit is pressed to him. Hark, boy, what noise is that? I hear none, madam. Prithee, listen well. I heard a bustling rumor, like a fray, and the wind brings it from the capital. Sooth, madam, I hear nothing. Come hither, fellow. Which way hast thou been? Well, um... At my own house, good lady. What is the clock? Oh, it's about the ninth hour, lady. Is Caesar gone yet to the capital? Madam, not yet. I go to take my stand to see him pass on to the capital. Thou hast come to suit Caesar, hast thou not? And that I have, lady. If it will please Caesar to be so good to Caesar as to hear me, I shall beseech him to befriend himself. Why... Knowst thou any harms intended towards him? None that I know will be. Much that I fear may chance. Good morrow to you. Here the street is narrow, the throng that follows Caesar at the heels of senators, of praetors, common suitors. Little crowd, a feeble man, almost to death. That'll get me to a place more void, and there speak to great Caesar as he comes along. Yes. Right then. I must go in. Hi me. How weak a thing the heart of a woman is. Oh, Brutus, the heavens speed thee in thine enterprise. Sure, the boy heard me. Brutus hath a suit that Caesar will not grant. Oh, I grow faint. Run, Lucius, and commend me to my lord. Say I am merry. Come to me again and bring me word what he doth say to thee.
Appendant Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show, Julius Caesar, Act 2. Featuring the voice talents of Colin Kelly as Brutus, Jason R. Wallace as Caesar, Olivia Steele as Portia, Will Shipley as Lucius, Marty Brengel as Cassius, Sarah Jane Clifton as Calpurnia, Andrew Vall as Decius Brutus, Vincent Morrison as the Soothsayer, Alex Beckham as Ligarius, Richard Casto as Casca, Phil Dawson as Artemidorius, Christopher Gilstrap as Trebonius, Alexander McTavish as Cinna, Julius Cho as the Servant, Melissa A. Bartell as Metella Simber, Landon Bell as Publius, and Anna Rodriguez as Antony. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Colin Kelly, directed by Landon Bell. Music by Zero-Project of Zero-Project.gr. Additional music by the United States Army Band Pershing Zone and Landon Bell of SoundCloud.com slash Landon Bell. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2014, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. The Ides of March are come. Aye, Caesar. But not gone. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. Are we all ready? What is now amiss that Caesar and his senate must redress? Most high, most mighty, and most puissant Caesar, Metellus Ember throws before thy seat a humble heart. I must prevent thee, Simber. These couchings and these lowly courtesies might fire the blood of ordinary men and turn pre-ordinance and first decree into the law of children. I kiss thy hand, but not in flattery, Caesar, desiring thee that Publius Simber may have the mediated freedom of repeal. What, Brutus? Oh, Caesar. Hence, wilt thou lift up Olympus? Great Caesar. Doth not Brutus bootless kneel? Speak, hands for me. (gasps) Fate and history collide when part one of Julius Caesar, act three, premieres on January 14th, 2015. Only at PendantAudio.com.